0: As a reminder to all of our Empaths Without Borders listeners out there, Sarah and I are not mental health professionals.
1: Although we're professional other ways.
0: (laughs) And this podcast is not meant to be clinical advice. Uh, This is just our own perspective and our own inner work that we have done. And we hope that you enjoy regardless. Hey y'all and welcome back to Empaths Without Borders, the podcast where we make your problem our problem. I'm one of your hosts, Jency.
1: <laughs> You've had to think about that for a minute.
0: I was like adding extra S's onto the hosts. <laughs> yes. Hosts like
1: apostrophe S apostrophe
0: hostesses. Hostesses.
1: And I'm Sarah Mori. The other podcast host
0: yep and ah my my microphone is I don't know something's happening today it's just like does not want to stay put it keeps like falling to either side <laughs> um so I'm just going to kind of like watch it but it might there might be some like weird sounds okay. I also was like listening back to some of our old episodes and there's like definitely some sounds of me like like playing, like fidgeting with the microphone. <laughs> I just have an issue.
1: <laughs> so, what do you want to talk about today?
0: Yeah. So, um just kind of briefly, last week we had talked about. I just mentioned that I'm like terrified of cooking meat. <laughs> okay. And we joked that maybe we needed to do just like an episode on how to actually cook meat because that's like, I think that that's a big part of why I don't cook a lot of meat. Mm. Um, Or if I do cook meat, it's like, (laughs) I don't think I cook it well, or maybe I cook it too well.
1: Probably That's probably the problem.
0: If you catch my drift. Um, Yes. And Mm. then kind of along with that, um, I thought that it would be kind of fun if we did like kind of a mock consultation for, like a nutrition consultation.
1: Perfect. So a little background, I know we've covered this, but the reason we're doing a nutrition consult is I'm a clinical nutritionist. So I like to talk about foods and how really like my perspective on foods and my worldview is that, you know, foods can either heal you or harm you. And we are surrounded in our culture by lots of foods that harm us because we have just grotesque amounts of access to junk food and not just the processed crap, like a Twinkie, but you know, just foods that have really very little nutritional value. And so I firmly believe that a lot of our health conditions just come from what we're putting into our bodies. And it's kind of that simple. So, um, The other day I did a a talk at my business referral group and I just kind of talked about some green, like green issues and stuff. But I always make the joke that people assume I'm vegan or vegetarian based on how I look like my dreads and I'm thin and fit. And everyone's like, well, then she probably just eats salads. And people are usually surprised to know that I Largely eat a lot of meat, meat and fruits and vegetables. So if I could boil down a very generalized diet for most people, if you just kind of focus on meat, vegetables and fruit, you can't, you'll get ahead of like, you'll get really ahead and start solving a lot of problems. So that's why we want to talk about meat. And we've actually been trying to talk about meat for like two years.
0: Yeah, I feel like there's, like, some lost podcasts out there. There are. Well, we did a couple
1: nutrition ones that never posted, but we never, like, every one of them we mentioned doing a meat one and never did. Oh.
0: Yeah, that's, yeah.
1: So this that's may fair. feel really random for empaths, but I mean,
0: that's how again, we are. I'm just going to, like, refer everybody back to the very first episode when we said, yeah, we're probably going to talk about some of, we're going to talk about like empaths and what it means to be an empath, but largely work at this podcast is for us to do like, whatever we want. <laughs> we can do what we want. What I mean? Yeah, exactly. Um, oh, and speaking of which, I told you that I was going to tell you this last week, but then I forgot. There's like, I okay. think I mentioned that there was like, there's like this trend on TikTok. It's, it's, it's kind of over now. Not really, but kind of about, like, empaths. Okay. It's really, it's, like, kind of funny, but also, like, I find myself almost triggered by it. (laughs) It's, like, so, like, it's kind of poking, the trend is kind of poking fun at people who call themselves empaths. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, like, for example, they'll show um, a video from a tv show or a movie so like i don't know for example um one of the star wars movies when anakin like flies into a rage right
1: mm-hmm. and then
0: the joke is the person then like put points the camera on them and it's like me an empath sensing that he's upset <laughs> <laughs> like stuff like that like it's like kind of pointing out the obvious but like calling yourself an empath and then pointing out the obvious Right, but um, I don't know. It's just like I—I I don't think I'm explaining it very, very well. But it's—it's—it's it's, it's kind of funny, but at the same time, like I said, it's—it's it's also like kind of triggering because I'm like, well, yeah, I think that there's some people who would probably fall into that, but there's also like that's not all that being an empath is, and it's mm-hmm. like a very um, like you're calling out a very specific. Portion of the <laughs> people who call themselves empaths and then like applying it to everybody well i think they call um, it,
1: like i see a lot of posts now on facebook like i i, I hurt so much inside i'm an empath and that's what it's like it's just a lot of that stuff so i'm sure <laughs> it's right for picking
0: yeah maybe we need to do a second um am i an empath part Ooh. two um and pick that apart a little bit.
1: Yeah, sounds good. All right. So, meat.
0: So walk me th- walk me through how you would do a nutrition consultation.
1: Oh well, that's pretty in depth. <laughs> First, I oh, would. Oh,
0: well, never mind that.
1: <laughs> Usually, what I do is collect data on like the foods you're already eating, like a five day journal to kind of get an idea of where you're starting with nutrition and what you consider healthy, because I lot, a lot of times I'll hear people, you know, whatever realm I'm talking in, like, oh, things are going really well. I eat really healthy. I don't know what that means to that person. Cause there's so many ideas out there and oh, my computer keeps going in and out, but, um, you know, someone will be like, ah, oh, she just eats so terrible the other day she even brought butter and and she thinks she's eating healthy and it's like well actually butter's really good for you so
0: there was like like i i think nutrition is just something that's really interesting to me because it seems like every couple every like decade there's like a different idea about what is healthy cuz like in the what like 80s or 90s the thing was that fat was the enemy right and so like everybody's like like cut fat out completely and then you had like like angel food cake that was like literally created um because it's like oh it's like a it's a fat free cake right but then have you seen how much sugar goes into yeah an angel food cake a lot of sugar Um, but it was like seen as like the health, like healthy, because it didn't have any fat, like fat was for the longest time was seen as the enemy.
1: Exactly. So what happens is science (laughs) comes out with some study that's typically very like not accurate because they don't do it well. And then we start basing like the mainstream culture will start basing huge amounts of like how we practice based on this one study, instead of like kind of picking it apart and looking at the flaws and looking at, okay, if there's other variables involved and we just kind of run with it. And so that's why, you know, for any of my clients, I don't particularly subscribe to any one thing, but it's kind of, again, boils down to the basic of like, you really can simplify healthy nutrition by and of course there's caveats but starting with this basis of you can either eat plants or things that eat plants and if you can kind of keep it there you'll probably have a pretty healthy diet so um then there's all these nuances so meat i was
0: gonna say like i have questions
1: yes (laughs) yes eat things, that eat plants is basically the thing. And we want to eat. If we're, let's just talk about meat today. Meat is actually very healthy. It's one of, if we could rate all the foods like meat, vegetables, grains, fruit on what we call nutrient density. So how much nutrition like ounce for ounce, these different types of foods have meat is at the top. And actually, unfortunately for our modern culture, organ meats are at the very top. So if you eat liver, heart, these have the most nutrients possible that you can eat in an ounce of food.
0: Yes. Also, I just like a, a comment on society, like the I guess the squeamishness that people have about eating organ meats. In a big way is actually rooted in like racism. Oh, because yeah. like, well, well I could
1: I know what you're gonna say, but go ahead and say it.
0: Well, because like we get we're like, oh, why would you do that? That's so gross! Like, like and it just like makes us like feel like yucky. There's lots of cultures that eat organ meat, and it's like part of it's like delicacies or like part of their culture. And <laughs> by us being like all like, ew, gross! Why would you do that? it like is like very rooted in racism. And also like, if you think about indigenous cultures um, of the Americas, when um, European settlers came over, you know, they saw them using all the parts of the animal, but then saw it as like, quote unquote, like barbarous. Like they're like, you know Mm. what I mean? Like they're less than because they're eating the parts that we don't eat.
1: Yeah. We do that with a lot of things. And, you know, even a hundred years ago, most cultures did still eat organ meats. That was the first thing you ate when you hunted an animal. And now it's the last thing, including me, like my, we get a half a beef every year in the freezer and the liver's at the bottom. (laughs) And sometimes I get everyone to eat it. And sometimes I don't, but, um, we even do that with like breastfeeding became linked with poor being poor Mm -hmm. because then as formula started coming out only people who could afford it could do formula so it became a status symbol and and then only people who were bougie could formula feed and so then poor people were the ones who were breastfeeding and so then breastfeeding became linked or synonymous with poverty so then well now we have a lot of poverty driven or poverty cultures that refuse to breastfeed because it's like a status thing. Like, I don't want to be seen breastfeeding because that makes me look poor, even though that's the healthiest thing they could be doing to get out of poverty. Um, so it's just really interesting or even cuts of meat. You know, 50 years ago, um, a brisket was like considered kind of the, a trash piece of meat because it's tough and it's hard to cook. And so you'd get it really cheap. And now it's the most expensive cut because it got trendy.
0: That's really interesting. I really love your brisket, Sarah. <laughs> oh, thank you. It's like my it's like one of my favorite meals.
1: <laughs> so meat is actually very very important for people, and one of the th- mm-hmm. biggest misconceptions. So first of all, meat has the most nutrient density ounce for ounce compared to even vegetables. So Mm -hmm. beef, especially red meat is especially healthy because it has the iron and more of the B vitamins than chicken. Fish is up there and I might just have to do a whole fish podcast on all the misinformation about fish and fish fats out there. But um, beef has gotten a really bad rap, which is just not true. And humans actually, oh, so what I was going to say is beef is super nutritionally dense and it has every single vitamin and micronutrient in it except for vitamin C. And so I read this interesting study once. These two guys were like, well, if that's true, if you were to eat just an all-meat diet for two years, you'd develop scurvy, right? Because it doesn't have any vitamin C. And this was kind of a like a, you know, obviously not a hardcore study just with a couple of people, but they decided to experiment on themselves and did nothing but eat red meat for two years. And lo and behold, they did not develop scurvy due to vitamin C deficiency. And one of the theories is that when we're not filling our bodies up with crap foods, that basically a lot of foods and even grains not only don't have a lot of nutritional value, but they actually in your gut block your body from absorbing nutrients in other foods. So we don't actually need as many vitamins. If we're eating a really pure diet, than we would, if we're not. So, you know, today the recommended daily dose of vitamin C is a couple oranges, right? Well, what if you're not that's only based on if you're kind of flushing your system of vitamins daily from other foods that you're eating.
0: So, I mean, okay. So I think that that, I think that if I think about that evolutionarily, I think that that makes sense that our bodies would have adapted to do that. If we were, you know, hunter gatherers.
1: Right. And so right. It, it makes the it makes big, sense to me that way. you know, if we're really hunter gatherers, if you had a choice between eating a steak every day and kind of filling up and getting your caloric needs met and your vitamin needs met, or having to graze basically all day on vegetables, the the most efficient thing to do is eat meat.
0: Mm. I will say that I do like some, um, I don't think I'm quite ready for an all meat diet, Sarah, Nor <laughs> <laughs>
1: we could talk about that sometime, but It's okay to eat some vegetables, but it's interesting to think about. We don't maybe need as many vegetables as we think we do if we're eating more meat.
0: Mm.
1: And we probably don't have time in this podcast to go over, you know, there's actually quite a few myths about raising meat and what it does to the planet that I would love to dispel, but we'll see if we get to it or we'll have to do it on another topic.
0: Well, you know, I do think I have some thoughts as well because I think that. Could we just go on to like a little tiny baby tangent? Sounds <laughs> <laughs> <That's laughs> good. Well, because like okay, cause, you know, I do. I think there's some people who decide to not eat meat because of ethical reasons, or like for example, my one of my roommates, she actually, um, I don't know what it is that she got a tick-borne illness. Where she mm. can't process meat anymore.
1: Interesting. I don't know
0: what it. I have to look at. It, I don't know what it is. Um. So like, there's, there's people who just you know, either for ethical reasons or, um, necessity, don't eat meat. Uh, I. It's just really interesting, like hearing this narrative that um vegetables are better because they have like less of an impact on the earth i think that ultimately what it comes down to for for most people is that we should be trying to eat locally as much as possible because like a steak that you got locally is going to have much less of an impact on the earth than an avocado that had to come from mexico all the way up to wyoming Right. Right. Like, that, that there's, there's not like the consideration of the fact that we live in a, um, yeah, there's like not a consideration of the fact that we live in like a global community now. And that there's, um, I don't know, like it's, we don't live in a bubble, I guess we used to, especially when it comes to food.
1: Right. And so again, I think like, it'd be great to go down that, but for today's purposes, talking about just the health benefits, because there's so much to it, right. Of me eating and stuff. And then, which is important to consider, but when people are first starting, it, it gets really overwhelming really quickly to be like, okay, and then I have to find local and then I have to find grass fed and I have to do yeah. this. And, and if and we, also
0: that's like, not even, that's not even like considering the fact that there's like so like so many people live in food deserts and that right. sometimes you people can't afford to do that. Right. So I do understand that, but yes. So if we just
1: talked about what's healthiest, so again, so meats, nutrient dense, way more nutrient dense than even vegetables and grains are like way at the bottom. Like they have some nutrition in them, but not a lot and nothing that you can't get from meat. So it's kind of being like, well, what about the vitamins and wheat? It's like, well, sure. There's a little, but not much. And you can get a lot more, a lot more easily in other places. The other thing to consider is that Like it or not, whatever, you know, culturally we think about meat is that humans really cannot, our bodies are not designed to go without animal products. So whether, you know, and and we can be on a scale of like, I eat a lot of meat or I just eat enough to like, make sure I'm meeting my nutritional needs. But if you really went vegan, you have to supplement with animal product vitamins because your body needs them. Like vitamin B12 is not found in anything but animal products. So that being said, meat is really important.
0: Like nutritional yeast has a lot of the B vitamins as well, but that is like, I guess. But it doesn't have B12. A. Oh. Um, isn't there also like vitamin K? Isn't that like one of the ones that you, Vitamin
1: K is largely. Yeah. Well, you have to be able to absorb. So vitamin K is kind of manufactured in your, in your gut and vitamin D E K and a are what's called fat soluble. And so if you're not eating them with fats, your body won't digest them.
0: good to know because i mean i do know that there's a lot of like there's a difference between fat soluble and water soluble
1: yes the fat soluble vitamins you have to that's why it's actually important to put like some kind of oil on a salad because otherwise your body can't really absorb the nutrients in that lettuce Mm. And fat soluble vitamins get stored in your body so we can hold on to them. And that's why like vitamin D, we can absorb a lot during the summer months and it gets stored in the liver to last through the winter months. But water soluble vitamins are kind of more of a daily thing that you have to have where your body flushes it out. That's why if you take on too much vitamin C, you just pee it out.
0: Also the same with vitamin B12.
1: Yes. or any of the vitamin b6 you'll get that bright yellow p
0: yeah i was gonna say the p
1: so anyway that's kind Um, of the background on why meat is important and so then if you're kind of it's kind of scary what's the word i'm looking for intimidating yes and again red meat And fish are really the two you want to, if you have to make sure you're getting meat in your diet, those are probably more nutrient dense than chicken. Oh, okay. Again, way contrary to popular (laughs) because chicken is like considered lower fat. But again, if we're talking about fat soluble vitamins, we need some fats and the beauty of red meat is that it does have saturated fats in it, which human bodies are actually designed to need and they know what to do with saturated fats and can actually use it to their benefit versus some of the other fats.
0: Okay.
1: Same with fish oil has a lot of omega-3s, which are very healthy. And we'd have to get into fats and in another topic.
0: but What is... um. I guess where does where do eggs fit into this? Like where do eggs meat? come from? <laughs> where do eggs come from? I have questions. <laughs> oh, <so>. No, but, <laughs> but no, where do eggs like fit into this? Um, I guess like continuum.
1: Well, if you think about what an egg is, as gross as it sounds, it's actually chock full of really great vitamins because if that say we're talking about chicken eggs, for example, say that egg gets fertilized, the chicken starts growing where kind of the yolk is. And so the yolk has a bunch of nutrition designed to like feed that baby chicks growth. So it's got a ton of B vitamins and a ton of micronutrients like biotin, um, choline, all this stuff to grow a baby. And then the protein is kind of what, what helps, you know, keep it, um, what's the word just fertilizing going. And so the, the egg yolk actually got a really bad rap with the whole cholesterol thing, but cholesterol is not necessarily bad for us. And so the yolk, that's one of the first foods I recommend for people to feed their babies is the yolk because it's so nutrient dense and easy to digest it's actually the protein that people can be alert if you're allergic to eggs it's usually the protein which is the white
0: mm-hmm. so
1: very few people are allergic to the yolk
0: and i guess like and i think you kind of like mentioned this a little bit like there's not like uh, what am i trying to say um maybe not all proteins are the same, right? Like there's some that are like higher quality proteins for our bodies. Yeah.
1: And that's why you, you want to always have variety. Yeah. So, so what's so scary about beef? Let's talk about that first.
0: Let's talk about, let's talk about beef. I have beef with beef. Um, <laughs> okay. no, like I think that the, um, I guess for me, um, cause growing up, we did actually have beef pretty often, not really like steak. It was usually like hamburger, right. um, or maybe like some like lower quality cuts of steak. But I think that the, it was never, it was never cooked correctly. It was always like overcooked. And so right. I didn't. Like I hated it for the longest right. time because it was just like tough and not good. Yeah. And you would be
1: surprised how many people are like, it's just like growing garden vegetables versus store-bought vegetables or canned vegetables. It's like, if, if you don't know how to cook meat, I hear hear a lot of people saying like, well, I don't really like it. And then they yeah. actually get meat that's cooked to perfection. And it's like just a whole different food, right?
0: Yeah, and it's like I mean now I like it because I had a good steak, right? <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, actually, this is like really good. But the thing that like scares me about cooking meat is that I know that with um with beef you don't have to cook it all the way through. Like that's one of the benefits of beef. But then the issue is that I don't want it to be too, <laughs> mm. and I just don't know. I just don't know like how to cook it properly also like it's kind of intimidating just for me to think about like so I okay because I like live by my well I don't live by myself but I like cook for myself all the time and I don't want to just go get a whole bunch of steak mm-hmm. and then just like I don't know, like cook it individually I don't know it just seems weird to me like why would, like seems <laughs> weird like why would I do that Um,
1: well, usually you can get little two packs of steaks in the grocery store, a steak or two. And the best thing for me, and maybe you don't have access to this, but I would, if we're talking steak, grilling is really always the way to go. Mm -hmm. And so to touch on what you said about meat and like cooking it, a lot of people, you know, it's like, let's cook it to death and we don't have to worry about food poisoning or anything. So when you're talking about burger you have to cook it all the That's way through. That's different. But steak yeah,
0: because it's like exposed to tons of bacteria when it goes through the grinder.
1: Right. And then you think about it and you're just mixing the outside layer of the meat inside. So you have to cook it all the way through. Whereas if a steak was really rotten, it's going to spoil from the outside of the steak inward and so you would know Or even if it started by cooking the outside, you're cooking off that and sealing it off. So Mm -hmm. it's you'd have to be. It would be pretty rank to know. (laughs) Like
0: and even then, like people dry age steaks. Like they like. I mean, granted, they'd usually put I don't know some curing like salt on the, the outside of it and like leave it sit for like weeks sometimes. Right. Like the steakhouses do that, the steakhouses, um, the conglomerate of steakhouses.
1: <laughs> so I but would yeah, recommend no, that makes
0: that makes sense to me.
1: Aiming for like medium, if you're really like nervous about stuff, and so that's where it's kind of just pink in the center. Okay. And so if you were to grill it outside, you would do it you get your grill heated up it doesn't take very long that's the thing too it's like it's a lot shorter than you think so usually if you have like an inch thick steak it's maybe 10 minutes on the grill
0: so like five minutes each side Mm -hmm.
1: and then you just kind of cut it open and see if it's ready and then if it's not you can grill it a little bit more
0: that was my that was my other question because like isn't there like there's like like tips and tricks like it's like if it's like this like the texture or like the consistency not the consistency the tenderness of like the palm of your hand or something like that right Mm -hmm. yeah I don't know I usually Mm -hmm.
1: just cut them open and see oh so if you don't have a grill you can broil it in the oven and that's pretty much grilling but inside Mm. And so all ovens are made for broiling and you hit it and it, it heats to about 500 degrees. And so you want to put your steak on like a pan. Like I use maybe a baking sheet with a cookie, like a cookie cooling rack on it. And then you put your meat on that and broiling it at that temperature. Again, it's probably only five minutes on each side. So steak isn't something you want to overcook or slow cook. The other thing to other cuts of meat, like, okay. Roast is a really easy one. And honestly, the easiest thing to do is stick it in a crock pot.
0: Mm.
1: And roast is one of the easiest things to kind of get dry, but my, okay. So my culture, (laughs) my Dutch culture, they were big into Sunday afternoon dinners. Like after church, you have this huge meal. And it was always a roast and my grandma would stick a roast in the oven before church. And then, and then when you get home from church, you have this big feast. So roasts, you want to cook low and slow. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And now this isn't necessarily the healthiest way to eat a roast, but it will give you like the most tender meat you can possibly imagine (laughs) is if you. Take like one of those roasting pans that are, you know, the speckly things and you spray the bottom with some Pam or whatever, put the meat in there, salt and pepper, both sides, really good. So you can season it. You dump a can of cream of mushroom soup on top. And then you just put the lid on it and you cook it at uh, between 300 and 325, for like three hours and it will like fall apart on your fork yeah and you'll have gravy perfect gravy with it with the soup
0: oh that's a, just a good trick <laughs>
1: <laughs> and my grandma made that soup and then my mom made it or that roast and I remember you know then I grew up knowing how to do that and once again people like they've grown up with dry chewy roasts their whole lives and they have that and they're like oh my gosh like this is so good and that's kind of like the brisket you're talking about that I make in the oven
0: yeah and I think that like I've seen multiple like I've seen multiple people experience your brisket for the first time (laughs) it's really funny because it's it's always is that like mentality of, Ooh, you cook that. I don't know, How do people cook roast or brisket to make it like softer normally, I guess, or like less chewy normally?
1: Well, you want to smoke it. And again, the key Oh, maybe the- that's what the- it is. Okay. Tender meat should be like low and slow. So the lower temperature between 275 and 325 is you never want to go above 325 or your meat will just be tough. Yeah. And then you just want to make sure the method is, like, stealing in the juice so it's not getting too dry either.
0: Yeah. So I think that, like, um, there's been a couple times when um, I've been over at your guys' house and you guys have brisket, and people are like, oh, you did brisket in the oven? It's like, ooh, like there's, like, this, like, like ooh, that's going to be really dry. <laughs> it's, like, yeah. the best. It's so good. I
1: And I kind of cook it the same way in a roasting pan. And I have, I got a recipe online that I always use and it just has these amazing spices and I just slow, slow cook it in a roasting pan. But I also can, I just use the same recipe with roasts sometimes now. So if you want to avoid the cream and mushroom soup, because yeah, it's not that healthy for you. You can do onions and some beef broth or, just these spices usually have an and maybe a little bit of water in that roasting pan and it will just be ten like it's going to take three or 4 hours but it will like you don't need a knife even for you this you don't even
0: thing. need like you just now we're just talking about my favorite meals uh, <laughs> that you make sarah you don't even need uh like you don't need anything on it either right like you just it's like perfectly seasoned and super moist it's so good
1: <laughs> well i'm really hungry and i know now steaks. i'm really, really hungry so i use a family recipe for marinating my steaks that has some butter soy sauce and worcestershire sauce and some garlic salt and what you want to do if you really want a well uh, marinated steak is like you poke holes in the meat and then put it in a bag and let it just marinate for a long time or just using seasonings. But I think a really huge key that a lot of people miss is the difference between bland food and good food is pretty simple seasonings. Mm. And I think that can be intimidating for people too.
0: That is like a joke that, um, it's like, white people don't know how to season their food sometimes stereotypes are true and that one's true (laughs) that is true (laughs) so we'll have i will speak for myself
1: (laughs) we'll have a seasoning podcast
0: but yes um that would be roast burger Um, burger
1: it's pretty easy um i would you know buy so we get grass-fed burger which is less fatty, um, but then it's less like greasy everywhere. Mm -hmm. But if you buy ground beef, you'll want to make patties and you really want to kind of work the patty for a while and that helps form it. Mm -hmm. But if you overwork it, it'll get tougher. Okay. And again, the key of that is a nice thick burger patty and just put a little seasoning on it and grill it. And if you don't have a grill, you could probably fry it on the top of the stove and it'll still be really tasty.
0: I really like my cast irons.
1: Yes. So I feel Me too. like that
0: would be a good one for cast iron.
1: So we do a lot of burger and tacos. We make tacos and we can make our own seasoning so I can avoid, like the store-bought seasoning often has wheat in it and stuff like that but mm. you can look up a pretty simple taco seasoning and mix your spices together Yeah. really make- the,
0: like the only two things that you really need to make it like taste like tacos is cumin and maybe like a little bit of chili powder and like some yeah. onion powder maybe and that's like yep.
1: it. And garlic um we always add burger to spaghetti sauce oh Mm-hmm. And so you can instantly turn spaghetti into like a pretty nutrient undense meal into add burger to your sauce and then do like spaghetti squash mm-hmm. instead of noodles yep. and you'll have a very healthy meal and i um, trying to think what else burger um,
0: we do. Swedish meatballs. Greatest meatballs. The gravy Um, is not the best for you. No. Especially for me because I'm lactose intolerant. And so it's not good for me or people around me.
1: (laughs) And then if I were to do chicken, I often marinate it and then grill it, chicken breasts. Mm. And that's really tender. The other night we made chicken tenders, homemade chicken tenders. And we just slice the breasts into like smaller like slices and I just dip them in mustard and then coat them in you can even do almond flour and a little salt and pepper and then bake it on a sheet and chicken you bake a little higher temperatures like 375 and chicken of course you want to cook all the way through and mostly the reason is chicken there's a higher likelihood of contamination mostly the way they process it Mm. is pretty disgusting.
0: And like, like chickens are really just chickens, just really interesting to me. um, Speaking, I guess like economically, because it is by far in a way like Americans eat so much chicken. Yes. Like it's, it's a, it's a obscene amount of chicken.
1: Well, we've somehow convinced ourselves it's healthier and it really isn't it was the whole fat movement, like beef has too much saturated fat, and it's that's what's giving everyone heart attacks, which I could go on for an hour about the the problems with that study done. Um, so we just got obsessed with it being a health food,
0: yeah. I do love chicken, though. It is one of my favorites. I love a good chicken. I um, Last night, I went um, out to dinner with some friends, and I got fajitas, and I got half chicken, half steak, and it was very good.
1: That's so good. Uh, it was
0: delicious. A really healthy Hard.
1: thing that's, to do that's... is just get a whole chicken and make chicken soup with it, and that way – what I do super healthy because then you're going to get some of the bone gelatin and and bone broth out of it is you can just boil that whole chicken and boil it for day like a couple of days and I just throw in celery and carrots and onions and garlic and some mm-hmm. salt and pepper and and I just put some rice in it so we don't make put the noodles in it and the kids think it's amazing it's really easy and it's you're getting a lot of more of the fats and the good stuff from a chicken than a chicken breast which is just protein
0: yeah and also like if you get the sometimes I've got like the whole rotisserie chickens um and they it's like like it's cooked well (laughs) and it's really good chicken
1: yes it's very you
0: can that's a and great just like,
1: like we go type snack or lunch. Like when we're trying to be really strict about our diet and we're traveling, we'll just go to a grocery store, pick up the rotisserie chicken and like some berries and fruit for the kids and everyone likes it. And it's a simple way to eat on the road.
0: Yeah, it's really good. Okay. What about pork? Cause I have a complicated history with pork not history mm-hmm. a complicated fe- complicated feelings about pork because I love things like sausage and bacon yes but when it comes to like I can't like I haven't eaten a pork chop mm-hmm. in probably over 10 years
1: <laughs> well next time you come I'll make pork chops and you'll tell me what you think of it okay <laughs> Because my guess is that you just had ones that were not cooked well.
0: Yeah, it's probably overdone. Maybe it's going to be like steak. I I just have like a, I don't, I just don't think that pork chops are good.
1: (laughs) Okay, well, I'm going to challenge that next time you're here. But pork, again, I think grilling is the easiest thing. And honestly, we grill like all season, all winter long, out in the snow, out in blizzards. It's super easy, and it keeps the mess outside. So, um, so as we're wrapping up, I want to ask you. Like, I'm gonna challenge you. Okay. So this week, what meat do you think you can tackle, and and then I can help you figure out how to cook it.
0: Um. Probably steak. Okay, like just yeah, just beef.
1: So, a little there's all kinds of cuts of steak. Okay. And so if you really want good success, so my little secret is I look for it's called chuck eye steak. Okay. And it's actually one of the cheaper cuts, but it's very marbled and fatty. And is so it- it's going to taste better.
0: Don't they usually use Chuck for, um, hamburger? Isn't yes. That the common one. Okay. You can get
1: ground. You can get a Chuck roast. It's okay. sometimes considered like tougher, but typically if I buy Chuck eye steaks, there's a couple different Chuck steaks, but Chuck eye is very fatty and marbled. And once in a while it'll be tough, but usually it's very tender. And so then I take that, I marinate it, and you can try to broil it.
0: Okay. What
1: we like to do is either do like a blue cheese crumble with caramelized onions for topping. So good. (laughs) Or I make a chimichurri
0: sauce. Ooh, that does sound good too.
1: also amazing and then extremely healthy because it's like all cilantro and olive oil and garlic basically
0: okay i do i do really love um caramelized onions with blue cheese i feel like i could probably do that
1: or you can sauté. i like to saute mushrooms and butter for a topping
0: Like mushrooms they have to be the right types of mushrooms and they have to be cooked in a specific way (laughs) i do not like raw mushrooms
1: if you just get like button white button mushrooms and slice them you want to saute them in a a lot of butter and you want to just keep cooking it until it's you think you're overcooking it because you can it's not caramelizing but you almost get to that point of caramelizing the the mushroom and then it's like gets a really good flavor and there, it's not like oh they're just like limp chewy mushrooms
0: okay i think i can probably do that will you send me your um marinade
1: i will and for all your recipe
0: i don't there. want you to
1: i can i can put it out there i get requests okay only if we get requests that's the only way <laughs> Yeah, we have, have to, to ask for it then we know you're listening
0: perfect okay i think i can probably manage to do that because again like i think i kind of pretty much i've been um doing a lot of lifting lately hmm And I just don't think I'm getting enough protein just in general. And most Americans don't. Yeah. So Um, you
1: want to look for, so a standard American diet where you're just kind of eating like cereal for breakfast and maybe a sandwich for lunch and meat and potatoes for dinner. You're looking at only 40 to 50 grams of protein a day. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. But if you're lifting or working out, or if you're pregnant, you actually want to be shooting for 80 to hundred grams of protein a day. And that takes some effort.
0: (laughs) That does take some effort. Um, yeah,
1: but loading a breakfast up with protein. So an egg in general has about seven grams of protein per egg. So if you ate two or three eggs a day, You know you're getting toward 20 21 grams which the higher just a little push for protein in the morning if you can hit at least 25 grams of protein in the morning you'll stabilize your blood sugars throughout the day you'll have less up and down crashes of sugar blood sugar issues and if you're like pre-diabetic it will really help you stabilize that and and build muscle if you're looking, especially if you work out, you want to work out first, then eat a high-protein breakfast. And oh, then I don't know
0: if I can get up that <laughs> It helps your body switch
1: to fat burning.
0: Yeah. Which is what most and, people want. Well, and just like um, protein also helps you feel fuller. Yes. The longer right so like if you're feeling really hungry as you know it's closer to lunchtime like just absolutely starving after having you know cereal for breakfast right. I don't eat cereal anymore um, there was a time when I ate cereal for breakfast every morning but I don't really do that anymore also okay. just because I don't Like cereal is not the same with alternative milk. And also I have been, um, I like cut gluten for the most part. Sometimes I accidentally slip up. I cut gluten out of my diet as well. And so it just doesn't make sense to have cereal in the morning.
1: It doesn't. And, and you'll get a lot more nutrition with bacon and eggs, honestly, and you'll feel better. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that'll okay. Mm -hmm. I just have to get up earlier in the morning, not to work out, just to just like make myself breakfast. Just, just you know, forewarning (laughs) to everybody, I will not be getting up at four like Sarah does to go to the gym.
1: I have been sleeping in lately.
0: What Jackie's now going?
1: She goes to a four forty five workout, and that was my limit. So now I just do the 6 15 workout.
0: Oh, yeah. See, I routinely get up at 8 30. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so, okay. yeah, refer
1: to our last podcast about sleeping. But I know, right?
0: <laughs> well, I hope I get
1: guess... some of your meat questions. And I think. The, the takeaways are meat's important. If you don't like meat, it's probably because you've never had it cooked the right way. And so low and slow and don't overcook something.
0: Yep. And at some point, if any of you guys ever have an opportunity to have Sarah's brisket, have Sarah's brisket. That goes <laughs> very good.
1: Well, thank you
0: i could i give it the highest endorsement (laughs) okay is there anything else sarah
1: um i mean there's lots more but i guess i think that's a good basic we didn't really talk about fish and we try to eat salmon a lot um so if, I, if you want me to quick touch on fish, because it's really important to get fish in your diet because it just has a lot of nutritional value and you shouldn't get scared, but you want to stick with fish like salmon, tuna, um, cod, that kind of stuff. You don't want fish that are bottom feeders or fish that eat fish that eat fish. That's when you start getting contaminated fish
0: that eat fish. fish?
1: Yeah. So if a fish has some contamination in it, which has been the concern, right? Like the whole like PCBs and all that stuff in fish fats, it's, it bioaccumulates. So if you're just eating a fish that eats like algae and, you know, seaweed, that fish has usually pretty low bioaccumulations of any toxicity but then if a fish eats that fish that fish takes in whatever toxins the other fish had and it will start accumulating in their meat mm. but for the most part salmon um tuna cod those kinds of meats are really safe and they have lots of great omega-3 fats and you I think can the go-
0: omega Omega-3s are super interesting to me. Yes. And just like, it's also just interesting, um, looking at cultures that, um, have historically eaten a lot of fish in their diet and Mm -hmm. just like the benefits and I guess like the effects that that has had on their population. It's just really interesting.
1: Yeah. There's a lot of fascinating stuff and Basically, the takeaway from fish or being worried that it has bad stuff in it is that it's a lot riskier to not eat fish than to eat fish.
0: Mm. See, the reason why I think I I don't eat as much fish is, again, it's like I'm scared of fish. (laughs) Not (laughs) when they're alive. (laughs) Like what kinds of fish? (laughs) I'm not scared. I'm not scared <laughs> of fish, <laughs> although I'm slightly scared of chickens. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Your whole family is.
0: Um, I know it's like, <laughs> I don't like it. so. I don't know either.
1: Let's just um, stick with like salmon is a really great one to start with because it it's not a super fishy tasting. Like some people don't like the fishy taste of fish. So salmon. That was
0: that was the other thing too. Is like I don't, I don't like the taste of fish.
1: Yeah. So, so start with salmon. You want to look for ocean caught salmon or wild caught salmon. So there's now wild caught or farm raised salmon, and it's the same thing. Like farm raised salmon is going to be fed grains and crappy food, and so their meat's going to be crappy. And not the same. And also farm raised salmon, because they're not eating the right diet, they actually dye the meat pink to make it fresh. So sustainably caught wild salmon, you can broil it, you can just bake it. you can fry it in the on your cast iron or you can grill it, and it's pretty easy and our kids love it. So
0: one time you made me a really good um, breakfast with, it was like salmon and capers and hollandaise sauce. It was very good.
1: Well, yeah, that was so
0: good. That was a little, we should, we should should make that again. (laughs) Yes. So good. It was very good. Okay. Well, well, I'm going to go eat something. No, I'm going to go eat something too. I have a ton of Brussels sprouts that are going to go bad here soon. So I'm going to go make some Brussels sprouts.
1: Ooh. So I'll share one last recipe with Brussels sprouts because most people hate them until they cook them the right way.
0: Exactly. Okay. Brussels sprouts is one of those things I hated because whenever I'd had Brussels sprouts before, they were just boiled and then covered in butter. And mushy. And not the way that you want Brussels sprouts.
1: No. You want to cut them up into quarters, get them a little bit oiled up, salt and pepper, and then you can either saute them either in butter or put them on a baking sheet and just bake them until they start getting kind of like that caramelized crispy. And then I throw them back in the saute pan, add blue cheese crumbles sauteed onions you can add bacon yeah. and you will love brussels sprouts
0: they're so good sometimes I put a little bit of balsamic
1: oh yeah vinegar balsamic glaze.
0: on top of them yes or balsamic glaze I actually I think that balsamic glaze for me is a, almost a little bit too sweet so I actually take balsamic glaze and I put like do half balsamic vinegar and half balsamic glaze and it's so good mm, that is good so good but um yes. I, I love Brussels sprouts so much. I'm going to get a Brussels, like just a single Brussels sprout tattoo. Oh,
1: wow. At some
0: point. That's how much I love Brussels sprouts. It's been decided. Um, <laughs> Cause I love them so much. Sweet. Okay. That sounds great, Sarah. Um, Cool. So I'm going to try steak. Try to cook steak. I'm nervous, but I'm going to try. You can do this. you can do it it's okay maybe you could come up tomorrow and we'll just cook some steak we could just cook some steak um i do need to come up to wyoming sometime soon and do my uh driver's license and car registration stuff stuff so i'll get back to you okay (laughs) on when i'm gonna do that stuff so
1: all right well thanks for chatting with us today about meat and nutrition
0: absolutely we'll probably do another nutrition one um sometime in the future but um we're very excited for our next podcast we have a special guest yes coming on um so look forward to that and i guess we'll talk to you later
1: all right sounds good
0: okay goodbye
1: bye i